Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. Joy-Con drift issues hit the switch light? Not time to panic. Yet. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have a bit of a follow-up on a story that we did just a few months ago. In late July of this year, I did a video in Virtual Legality called Nintendo Sued. What you need to know from the Joy-Con drift lawsuit. And if you aren't familiar, the Nintendo Switch has two joysticks that attach to its sides called Joy-Cons because Nintendo likes to name their things interesting ways like the Wii, like the Switch. The Joy-Con is another interesting name for what amounts to joysticks that attach to the sides of the Switch screen when it goes in the dock or when you take them off and and use them to play your games. And when you use these Joy-Cons, you've got these analog sticks that I think game players are pretty familiar with on Xbox or PlayStation or even in other places in the Nintendo universe. And you use these analog sticks sometimes, especially the left stick, will just keep going. You'll, you'll return the joystick to a neutral position and your player will just keep moving. And as a result of this, a class action lawsuit was entered into those few months back. And I did a video on it analyzing Nintendo's warranties, what the likelihood of success is for a class action of this type. And most importantly, from my perspective, why it was happening in July of this year and why Nintendo needed to be worried, even if the Joy-Con drift issue, in reality, was limited to only a few people. Now, as it turns out, the way Nintendo has responded to this class action suit, and we're going to look at that in just a minute as kind of a follow-up to that video, has indicated that it maybe isn't as minimal of a problem as one would have hoped in Nintendo sold hardware. But even that being the case, if it were minimal, Nintendo still had to be worried, and that was because of what was happening this fall. Now, I've pulled up an article here from Game Daily Biz that I participated in. I was asked for quotes on this matter uh, from James Brightman, who writes for this website, and I've recommended in the past, if you like virtual legality, if you like these questions about business and law and the gaming industry in general, I highly recommend you add them to your bookmarks or your favorites because they do these kinds of articles. They're very interesting all the time. But they asked me these questions about the lawsuit, and one of the questions that they asked was, should Nintendo worry about this? I mean, we see frivolous lawsuits all the time. There are people in New Orleans who sued the NFL for the non-pass interference call in last year's playoffs. Now, that was kicked out relatively quickly, although if you follow sports at all, you'd probably notice that it wasn't kicked out that quickly. There were still a lot of lawyers' fees paid for what was ultimately a completely specious argument, given that the NFL controls its own rules. But you see these kinds of ridiculous lawsuits all the time in the news and elsewhere. And so should Nintendo be worried about this, Rick, uh, if it's not a problem, if it is a problem? And my answer was yes. I said, should Nintendo worry about it? The answer is yes. This will be bad publicity for them and their Switch product, especially with a new one on the way and the holidays around the corner, and it would behoove them to make it go away. The plaintiff's attorney knows this. 
This is how the class action litigation boutique model works. So I would expect them to settle if they can't get it immediately kicked out of court with prejudice. Now, as far as I know, that court case is still ongoing. They're still figuring out exactly what the moving pieces are for that case. But in the interim period since that was filed, we've gotten some information that was leaked to various sources around the internet. And I've pulled up the Vice article on this right this second. It says, internal Nintendo memo instructs customer service to fix Joy-Con drift for free. The company will repair devices free of charge, even outside of the warranty period. And this is from Patrick Klepek, and it's from July of this year. So it's shortly after we did that video. It's shortly after that class action lawsuit is filed. And as part of that video, as I said, we talked about warranty periods. And when you sell a product into the marketplace, especially in the United States, you have certain warranties that go along with it that are in the fine print that are in the back of your instruction manual on the back of the box and various other places. We're going to actually look at this warranty for this question that we're discussing today. But that warranty period had expired for many, many, many switch owners because it was more than two years old. The warranty went for 12 months. And so Nintendo was looking at some of these broken Joy-Cons and saying, hey, it's going to cost you X amount of dollars. And this memo changes that. This memo says, hey, we can't afford that negative publicity right now in the summer of 2019. And it says, the memo says, customers will no longer be requested to provide proof of purchase for Joy-Con repairs. You don't have to show that you bought it in the last 12 months. Additionally, it is not necessary to confirm warranty status. If a customer requests a refund for a previously paid Joy-Con repair that you actually paid for one outside of warranty before, confirm that that's true, that you actually had that prior repair, and then issue the refund. Nintendo had essentially gone to a no questions asked, yes, return your Joy-Cons, and implicitly acknowledge that there is a problem. But even still, the main issue with all of this, as I said in that Game Daily Biz response, was that they had a new product coming out, the Nintendo Switch Lite. And more importantly, this product was using Joy-Con technology that was now affixed to the system. Even if you didn't like it, if you had a broken Joy-Con that went with the current model Switch, the Switch before the light, then you could at least take that Joy-Con off. You probably have an extra pair if you're playing with multiple people in your house. And you send that Joy-Con away, but you can still play your game system. The big issue with the Nintendo Switch Lite is that those joysticks are connected to the system. And once they're connected to the system, it was evident that if there is any of this problem that is going to exist in the future then people were going to have to send their whole systems back. And now instead of being without your Joy-Con for maybe ideally seven days, you're without your system for seven days and maybe likely longer if this is an issue. So it's no surprise that this was a, this was a constant point of attention after the Switch Lite launched last week. And we see here on Reddit the thread that everybody would have expected Switch Lite already having drift issues. Now, I will say this just sitting here from afar. This thread, in my opinion, was always going to happen. Whether the Switch had drifting issues or not, Reddit, social media, the internet was always going to have a discussion of the quote-unquote drift issues that were happening with the Switch because it was a point of controversy, because it was so prominently talked about in the last two months, and this was a question going forward. So one of the reasons that I named this video Don't Panic, it's not time to panic just yet, is because this was always going to happen. And the nature of manufacturing goods is such that a certain percentage of these goods are going to have issues. I don't know how many of you were around for things like the PSP era of video gaming, but one of the things that happened with that product is that 
multiple versions of this, I think almost all of them really, had a pixel or two that were quote unquote dead. They just wouldn't display anything. It was like a broken Christmas tree light bulb. But the warranty and general manufacturing standards would allow a certain amount of dead pixels in any kind of screen that was using pixels in that fashion because it was known a known part of the process. And so there was a lot of arguing and a lot of fighting about whether or not you could replace your PSP going back and returning it to Best Buy and whether or not Sony would refund it, all these kinds of things. And ultimately there were differences between whether the pixel was dead center in your screen or whether it was off in a corner. But the point is when you manufacture these things, you are going to have issues. And so it is undoubtedly the case that if you sell millions of Switch lights, some of them are going to have funky Joy-Cons. Some of them are going to have controllers that don't work. They're going to have shoulder buttons and triggers that don't work properly. In, in certain respects, that's what the warranty is for. The warranty is to give you the comfort that if you got one of those bum deals, that you got one that has a trigger that doesn't fire or a joystick that doesn't work, then you can replace it. Nintendo doesn't care. We promise you that it is going to work as you expect it to for 12 months. And so when you're talking about this, this system, when you're talking about these videos, we're going to take a look at a couple of them that are showing Nintendo Switch lights released in the last five days, really, then it has to be taken with a grain of salt that this was always going to happen. These are always going to be out there. And the real issue is if 1% of these wind up having this issue or 2 or 3 or 4 or, God forbid, 5%, you're talking about really high numbers, hundreds of thousands of units. If it's you know, 100 units out in the wild after you've sold a million, then that's a completely different kind of question. And Nintendo has really always, at least in my experience, been good about fulfilling their warranty promises on a timely basis. And so you, you go and you say, hey, my Nintendo Switch Lite is broken, uh, and they replace it. Now, that's an entirely separate question from should people be upset about it if they get one of these units, especially if they're in high numbers? And the answer is no, of course they should not not be upset. This is something that they bought, they spent hundreds of dollars on, and it doesn't work. And that's part and parcel to essentially reputational damage, right? You have a legal right to go get it replaced. You have to lose it for 10 days or what have you. But one of the things that Nintendo has consistently banked on in terms of its branding is that it has these systems that work through thick and thin, that you can drop down the stairs, that you can get rainwater in, and they are losing that reputation as this generation goes on. And they really lost it, I think, to some extent in the Wii generation. And that's going to have its own damage. That's why Nintendo cares about this. Even if it's limited to a small amount of people, the fact that that Reddit thread exists, the fact that I, my bet is this will get picked up in various places around the internet and gaming and on NeoGAF and on Reset Era or wherever else you might go to talk about games. And Nintendo wants to avoid that. They want to avoid that optical situation. That's why they put that policy in place this summer to just pay people back uh, for what they either had paid for repairs of the Joy-Con or just repair them for free because we don't want this in the public eye. We don't want people thinking about this as we sell the Nintendo Switch Lite. Now let's take a look at a couple of these videos that the Reddit thread had posted uh, just to see exactly what everybody's looking at. This is the first one. This is the main one on that thread, Nintendo Switch Lite drifting analog sticks already. This is from a YouTuber called Alexis Javier. And we've got the video here. Uh, it's just showing that he's not touching the Nintendo Switch Lite and it's drifting on the right stick, which is interesting because that's not the one that traditionally has the problem. It's, it's continuing to move his screen uh, to the left, even though he's not touching the sticks. Now, 
Is it possible that there's some trickery going on here, that there's a secondary controller that's doing something uh, that uh, he's not showing on his screen? Of course, you don't know who these people are in the videos, but let's take it on good faith that it's actually happening. If it is actually happening, then we've got an issue. That Nintendo Switch has a drifting right stick. It can make it a little bit inconvenient to play that game if you're trying to move the camera around and it just keeps drifting on you. But we don't necessarily have a major, major issue if it's one video out in the wild. The issue comes if it's multiple videos. So let's take a look at this next video where this person is in the calibration screen and they are trying to show that if you just hold it down to the side, the dot is bouncing around. And yes, a very healthy zoom in there. I see that your hand is on the, on the stick. Um, but this is the calibration. It moves around a little bit more than his thumb would suggest. And then it bounces in and out uh, from the neutral position inside the calibration circle. So it does appear that it is at least this calibration program isn't taking the input from the joystick very well. Again, it's unclear whether that's fully definitive, whether or not trickeration is happening, etc. But the point is, from a messaging standpoint, Nintendo has these videos out here, and they were always really going to have to deal with this after the, the news of the drift and the news of the class action lawsuit came out. But they are out there, and this is the optics, this is the messaging that Nintendo wanted to avoid. We're here in the end of September. The Switch Lite was clearly released, in my opinion, to take advantage of the upcoming Pokemon games release, Sword and Shield, and to really hit Christmas, the Christmas holiday season, hard. And the question remains whether or not these kinds of stories will affect Nintendo, whether they will grow, whether they will continue to percolate in the future, and there are more and more videos of people having issues with their hardware setup. And if there are, what, if any, effect it will have on Nintendo sales in the holiday? So if Nintendo sales are strongly affected by these kinds of rumors, that's going to be a problem. And I don't really blame people for looking at the class action lawsuit against the Joy-Con and then looking at how the Nintendo Switch Lite is created and saying, well, that looks like it's the same technology. If you're having this issue over here, I'm not so interested necessarily in spending 200 plus dollars on your product if I'm going to have to potentially replace it. So I might wait a minute. I might wait a year to see if this product is going to have significant issues. And if you wait a year, the projections that Nintendo has for this holiday season, the projections they have for 2019 in general, are going to come in less than what they would have hoped. So Nintendo right now is in a messaging battle. They want to convince people that this is a fine product. If these videos get out there and they wind up being prevalent among a lot of folks that bought the Nintendo Switch Lite, that's going to be an issue. You're going to see Nintendo statements. You're going to see Nintendo deal with it because they are going to be aimed like a laser beam on making sure that the sales over the holiday season and for Pokemon Sword and Shield are as strong as possible. Now, in the last bit here, I've pulled up the warranty information just to kind of talk about what it says here. They have a limited hardware warranty that attaches to everything you buy from Nintendo. So unlike the Joy-Cons that we talked about that weren't necessarily the Switch hardware, but probably were hardware for purposes of this warranty, especially if you bought them in the box, uh, that this limited hardware warranty extends to the Nintendo Switch Lite almost entirely, right? That's just one unit. That's all together. There's really no question that this applies. And it will last for... Uh, 12 months from the date of purchase. Nintendo of America warrants to the original purchaser that the hardware product shall be free from defects in material and workmanship 
for 12 months from the date of purchase. Now, Nintendo, as we discussed in the Nintendo suit video, actually goes further than normal, than a normal consumer good in the United States. They actually say here, any applicable implied warranties, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, are limited in duration to the warranty periods described above. Now, I talked about it in that earlier video, but the warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, those are called implied warranties. Those are warranties that the common law, essentially the general law that isn't written down, that applies to everything, uh, applies to unless you disclaim them. So these warranties say warranties of merchantability that we have put a product into the stream of commerce that is of a general quality that one would expect when buying goods out of that stream of commerce. In almost all instances, and you can go, you can go look at your CDs of video games that you've purchased. You can go look at your uh, various consumer goods in your house right now and the back of their boxes. Almost always, these are disclaimed. You say, hey, look, we are interested in the four corners of the contract. We are giving you these warranties, the warranty we've stated above. You get those express warranties. We're not going to drag the common law into this and discuss with you whether or not something is quote unquote merchantable. So we disclaim those. That's almost in every contract that you'll see. Nintendo says, hey, we don't need to disclaim those. We stand behind our products and we are going to allow the warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose. In this case, the particular purpose being to entertain you by playing video games. We are going to include those for the 12 months of the, of the generalized warranty. So you essentially have a kind of super warranty warranty for 12 months uh, of owning the Nintendo Switch Lite. That's what Nintendo stands behind. And that's what you can expect is kind of backing that if this thing breaks down, we're going to fix it. And hopefully, if from Nintendo's perspective, because we have this strong warranty, because we allow it for 12 months, you have the feeling as you work with us, as you buy our goods, that we stand behind those products. Because if we didn't, if our products were breaking all over the country and all over the world, we couldn't afford to do this. We'd go bankrupt if our products were breaking all the time. That's the idea. But at the end of the day, they give you this warranty and then they go and they try to market the Switch Lite for the holiday season. And you can see all these articles. This is just a generalized Google search for Nintendo Switch Lite uh, articles. We've got it all. All of these are within the last two days, I think. Nintendo has a major, major product, a major hardware launch. And as this proceeds from the lawsuit over the summer, from the Joy-Con drift issues, now they are going to be battling to show that the Nintendo Switch Lite doesn't have those same issues to the great extent because they want to sell this product over the holiday season. Either way, it will be very interesting to watch this story. I do not think it's time to panic just yet. It's very, very early on. The Switch Lite released, I think, five days ago. And if you take nothing else away from this video, take this. This was always going to happen to some extent. There was always going to be at least a small number of products that didn't perform as expected. That's what the warranty's for. When it's time to panic, especially if you're Nintendo, if you're the president of Nintendo and watching this, the time to panic is when you've got a set percentage, when you've got a reasonable threshold of people that are now dealing with this issue, going online, talking about it. Because if you get even up to 1%, you're going to have enough noise. You're going to have enough thunder that people are probably going to start turning away from your product and looking for something else to buy over the holiday season. But right this second, that's not happening. And we'll follow this in virtual legality in the future. If it does, we'll do more episodes. It's going to be interesting. And Nintendo's holiday season, as always, is going to be exciting. That's been Virtual Legality for today. Thank you so much for watching. If you like this, please like, please subscribe. Please tell other people about the existence of this channel. We love getting out there and having these discussions in the comments to our video. A lot of people agree with us. A lot of people don't agree with us. Either way, if you're polite, you have a reasonable disagreement. We like to have those discussions as well. Otherwise, thank you so much for watching if you caught this on YouTube. And thank you so much for listening if you caught this in its podcast form. And I will catch you on the very next episode 
of virtual legality.